thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 70. That thou art blamed shall not be thy defect, for slander's mark was ever yet the fair. The ornament of beauty is suspect, a crow that flies in heaven's sweetest air. So thou be good, slander doth but approve the worth of the great... (laughs) I'm just stopping there. Those words, they weren't words that my brain could say. Thy worth the greater being wooed of time, for canker vice the sweetest butts doth love, and thou presentest a pure unstained prime. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Ah, okay. That hast passed by the ambush of young days, either not assailed or victor being charged, yet this thy praise cannot be so thy praise. To tie up envy ever more enlarged, if some suspect of ill mask not thy show, then thou alone kingdom of hearts shouldst owe. Oh, sonnet 70, with a little bit of help in the middle. I am utterly convinced that when I read that ten minutes ago and practised it, it was different. There was no way it was that. The words have changed. Did you read 71? I might have. Or I, I, it's fridge magnet poetry. Someone's coming and moved the word. Um, <laughs> the, I, th- this is Shakespeare's sonnets. And, and believe it or not, that's the 70th sonnet I've read. And that was atrocious. Um, I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful... Thierry Healers. You didn't I, say. Did you say your name? I didn't. No. Did I? I don't know. No, I'm Mark no, Trasley. Mark Mark Trasley. Um, the 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 dumb one in in the relationship <laughs> is is where we are. This was Sonnet Seventy. We are are so close to being halfway through the sonnets. Um, yeah, just to yeah. remind everyone, 154 of them. We we might even hit it today. Recording we a couple of them at once. D- depends how 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 well our reading goes and whether I just. <laughs> Destroy my microphone in disgust at my uselessness. Ah, it's a nice microphone. Don't destroy it. It is, it is. I have others though, but I have a collection of microphones. Being part of in ear, we have a stock of microphones that I just destroy periodically. Just, just, just one of those guitarists who just smashes the guitar on stage and then walks backstage and grabs the next one. Just yeah, that would be, yeah, I could yeah. Oh, uh, if if only in ear made that kind of money. If only in ear made money, that would be nice. Um. Anyway, Sonnet 70. What, what, what do you think of Sonnet 70, Seaman? You, you had to rescue me halfway through that. It kind of looks like a reaction to the last two, where we've been talking about how he is just beauty. Uh, he's um, just beautiful on the outside. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because he... he the, the idea I got from this is just basically him saying people will always be slightly suspicious of someone looking beautiful. And then they, they're they just trying to find something that's not perfect about you because perfection just can't exist for people. And then he closes it up at the end by saying, um, if, if you were perfection, then you, you would rule all the kingdom of hearts. You would basically own the world. I like that reading. Let's go with that. Okay, you read us out. <laughs> I I I I'm finding this one quite hard to decode. I quite like that reading that that you you can't. I mean, he, he be... does use the words like slander doth but approve thy worth the greater being would have. T- so it it just that's the idea that you. I mean, even today, if if you see someone 
ridiculously beautiful, you are slightly suspicious. Yeah, I'd agree. Society, maybe not you personally. I mean, individuals are always maybe someone just goes, "Yeah, that's fair enough." But as society, we we, I mean, some worship beauty, and then others just go, "They're just something. Something isn't quite." I, for me, that that stems from the the people who were most self confident in school, and I, I maintain that school has a, a, a long lasting effect on on people that we don't recognize in the society whenever i have nightmares it's about things relating to school and i'm 30 i haven't been to school in in 15 odd years um and i'm oh, nearly 30 not quite 30 that's just 29 um but the the people in in say secondary school who who are the most confident and the ones that everyone kind of wants to be even if you don't fully admit you want to be you want to be them it, it's the ones who are most confident with how they look and and they've kind of found their style and they they seem to fit and that's probably because their style is the one that's most mainstream and and that they those people tend to be the ones who also either are the bullies or um are not in the bullies radar and so you either hate them because they're bullying you or you hate them because they're not being bullied they they somehow they are being ignored and and to me, that's led to a distrust of people who are that confident about how they look in today's world. In, in and now I'm an adult, I guess. Does that make yeah. sense? That was a bit rambling. Yeah, yeah. I never quite got that. I mean, there was bullying in Luxembourg as well. Obviously, there's bullying in every society, I guess. But it just every time I hear someone speak about school here, it just seems to be a very, very large scale problem. It's huge. Whereas the yeah. few times where I experienced it, it was just very, very isolated events. Or just just very localized, rather than just just spreading throughout that age range of twelve to sixteen when you are in school. I I think in in this country anyway, my experiences is that teachers don't know how to deal with it. Um, and I'm not saying bring back punishment in you know uh, beating kids yeah, that in school. Doesn't work. But but teachers don't know how to deal with it, and we're not taught any sort of social awareness in school. So we're not told taught about you know societies, which is why so many people don't understand and don't like paying taxes because they don't understand why they should. That 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 being part of society, you have an obligation that's wider than yourself, and and also well yeah, and you also profit from taxes. I mean yes, they built roads and schools and then libraries and police yeah. and fire and police and, fire department yeah and also children are empowered beyond beyond what they should be not in the sense of they're given more rights than they should be but in the fact they're told that people can't tell you what to do you should you don't have to listen to people you don't want to and 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 so yeah we have this this problem where Teachers can't enforce anything because if a kid doesn't want to shut up in class, there's nothing the teacher can do. And the kid doesn't feel bad for not shutting up in class because they haven't been told why that's a bad thing. And so it's this really weird mix of culture and, and, and parents that has just led to kids in school being utter dicks. Hmm. I was just, I'm trying to remember how punishment happened if we uh, misbehaved in school. I mean, physical punishment, obviously, that, that's that been gone for 
I don't even know. I never it was like twenty it's quite interesting. years or whenever they abolished that. But that's quite interesting because you come from a a country that's ruled by the Christian Christians. party, which yeah. spare the rod, spoil the child is is usually branded quite a lot by by Christians or or some Christians. Yeah, well, there's there's this pascal little thing because the the was it the U N Charter of Children's Rights or whatever it's called. Okay. The human rights of children or something like that. And, I mean, even as a Christian, I mean, we are, the guy who founded the European Union came from Luxembourg, so we, we, we are, we are weirdly progressive and conservative at the same time, I'd okay. say. Okay. But, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that all kids are bad, and, and I'm just saying that there's a big problem with bullying, and my experience of bullying, maybe this is unique to me, is that, that it was the people who were deemed the good-looking people. Um, which kind of stemmed from, the issue stemmed from them, and that has given me now I'm an adult a aversion to people who are good looking in the traditional sense of the word. They they worry me because I'm not good looking in that sense. I'd like to think I'm good looking in other senses, maybe I don't know if I am, but because they are in that traditional way, they kind of freak me out. I never. I mean. That never really pops up on my radar, good-looking people. I mean, we, we, we don't have school uniforms, so you could just express your individuality by just the clothes you... I mean, you could show up in school as a punk, just, just piercing leather jacket, boots, just anything you wanted. So you, there was no... I don't know, there, there was no... It was very easy to stand out rather yeah. than, than having that forced conformity and then... Somehow having a pretty face that everyone hated. <laughs> I didn't have the the confidence to be me, if that makes sense, until about maybe two years ago, three years ago, uh, in terms of, of, of truly kind of coming to terms with the things I enjoyed and the things I liked and the way I like to look myself. Because it's not, I'm not a wholly conventional person in the way that I dress and, and have my hair and yeah, facial but, hair. I mean, and... Conven- conventional is just following the mainstream and I'm not sure that's a good thing. Yeah. People people who follow the rules don't change the world. Yeah. Yeah, screw them. Let's start the revolution, Thierry. Me and you. I did I didn't necessarily even the perceptions just around them. If you if you just do what everyone expects you to then yeah, you you you're I never mean, surprising they're, they're, anyone. You, you have no value. I wouldn't even go as far as saying you have no value to society because society just kind of just stops we we, we need the, the people who don't follow the rules and who who keep challenging the ideas and keep pushing things forward keep pushing for things which is what a lot of people don't like coffee <laughs> yeah sorry it's what a lot of people don't like because a lot of people feel comfortable in in the, the way in which things are now and I guess that's where conservative ideals come from. Right-wing ideals come from. I'm happy. I understand how the system works now. I don't want the system to change because I understand it and it works well for me. Whereas it doesn't necessarily work well for other people, but for me, it's good. I don't that know, seems so- to be changing with our generation now. Mainly because we got screwed over so much by the previous generations. That was it. I watched the um, the Stephen Colbert commencement speech he gave two or three days ago. Okay. At I can't remember the name of the university, but he just went, "Oh, we we have left no easy no easy path for you to walk down for the rest of your life. So you might as well choose the hard path and change this world into what you want it to be." It's just like, yeah, that's that's just 
Yeah, baby boomer screwed us over. Yeah. Well, he, what was it? He said we we hate we 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 call you entitled and just you want everything, and we baby boomers don't like that because that's sort of our thing. Yeah, they they had everything. Yeah, they they had everything for fifty years. They just grabbed everything. It's like we thought it was generation, 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 generation. Us stop. No one's gonna come after us. We can grab everything. Just like yeah, yeah. And they they were in in history the first the first generation that had energy in any sense of the word energy. So so food, pure power that comes through the cables, uh, uh, power in business. They're the first generation that had energy in abundance they couldn't and use no war they they lived through a time of peace yeah whereas we, we've now got to the point where that's messed the planet up and we're having to cut back and that's what a lot of people don't like about uh environmentalism and greenness and, and climate change and, and what people are saying is we can carry on living but we can't do it to the level so you 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 can't any longer it soon we're going to get to the point where you will have to live close to where you work because you won't be able to afford to commute by car because petrol will be too expensive. And people don't like that because they've been, a choice has been removed from them. But is that a choice that should have been given to them in the first place? And it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's, we've gone slightly off track uh, from, from, that's, from that's the sonnet. That's fine, that's fine. But Apparently I, people our generation don't even buy... There's, there's, the, the car industry is struggling... Because yeah. people our generation don't buy cars and we don't buy houses or flats. We just we just don't do any of the stuff that, that would have been expected or would even be normal for a 25-year-old, own a car, have a family or, or be in a long-term relationship and a first mortgage kind of thing. And we just go, no, no, no. Well, one, most of us can't afford it. Yeah. And two, it, just, it doesn't even appeal as a lifestyle. Personally, to me, I just, no. I mean, I'm 27 now, and I just, I wouldn't even want a car or a house. It just, no. See, and you're talking to it me. Just... I'm 29, and I have, I, I have a mortgage, and I have a car that that is on. Well, I'm not high saying ev- every single one. There's but... always people who, even in the generation before, there yeah, were yeah. people who didn't buy a car. So there's always the people who do but what I, you're I, comfortable I, with, kind of thing. But, but I feel no need to climb the corporate ladder, things like that. That's not no. what I want. I've I got no need or desire to have a family in terms of I've got a, a partner, but I don't want kids. And, and yeah, it's very interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I, I probably want some eventually somewhere down the line. That's because you're a 10, dirty breeder. Now. Dirty, dirty breeder. <laughs> I just like kids. No, that's not bad. You won't I like, like, I like no, <laughs> you won't like them when like they're your own. People's kids. Yeah, exactly. And when just... and when your kids are waking you up at three in the morning and you got to go and change a stinking nappy and I'll I'll just I have a girlfriend now I can send her <laughs> go that's, go that's sort it out it <laughs> so um let's let's sort of meander back to Sonnet Seventy we would the perfection the perfection yeah, yeah I I guess because <clears throat> the the previous two sonnets were about how you are physically beautiful but mentally maybe not. Or personality wise, yeah, yeah you, you have some weird personality flaws, and yeah. And this is kind of you think following on from that, that that it's saying why that's probably a good thing. So is he has he spun that into a, a positive? He's, he spun it into a good thing. That's what I. Well, I, I mean, that thou art blamed shall not be thy defect, for slender's mark was ever yet the fair. So you just kind of saying, so yeah, it's it's kind of okay that people try and blemish you. Yeah, but, but but in the end, you uh, it's probably a good thing that the 
world doesn't recognize you as perfect because you would just have to rule everyone. everyone. And, that, and that, that that's li- not necessarily a good thing. The fourth line is really lovely. A crow that flies in heaven's sweetest air. The, the crow, which is seen as sort of a scavenger and, and not perfect. It's not a dove, which is what you tend to get in, in relation to, to religious poetic imagery. It's a crow, but it's still flying in the same air. It's still it's still in the same space, but it's not quite perfect. And it, I think that's quite a nice line. Well, it's a really nice way to describe this beauty, because that's the subject of the line, the ornament of beauty is suspect. Yes. A crow that flies in heaven's sweetest air. So so the crow that flies... It, I, yeah, I, I guess I, the, you could, the, the crow would be the youth, the fair youth that flies in heaven's sweetest air. So, so people just just perceive him as a crow and go that that can't be right. He he can't fly that high and that yeah. close to the sun, kind of thing. It's I, I, they they don't see the crow as something beautiful. No, so it, it's it like it's like the reversal of the fair youth. The crow outwardly isn't that beautiful, but inwardly is is just the same as as any other thing flying in the same yeah, air. Yeah. Whereas the fair youth is outwardly beautiful and and inwardly a bit of a dick. Is I think what Shakespeare's trying to get at. But they weren't allowed to say things like, you're a bit of a dick. Uh, back in Shakespearean times, they had to write sonnets. And, and that's what Shakespeare's done. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had insults, even in 1610. I bite my thumb at you, Stop sir. 1609. Yeah, I bite my thumb at you. Do you bite your thumb at me? I bite my thumb, sir. Do you bite your thumb at me? I do bite my thumb, sir, but I cannot say, sir, if I bite my thumb at you, sir. Or something like that. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant exchange. Only about four lines into Romeo and Juliet it's, as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very early on. The, well, that's when they have the whole confrontation at the beginning. Yeah, bad, bad Romeo. Romeo, who when they essentially... shoot each other at the petrol station. Exactly, it's thug life. Thug life nice. in Shakespeare po- in, uh, plays. God, I love Shakespeare. How he, he envisaged the future of guns and petrol stations. And, yeah, and... yeah. Well, isn't it in the film, with uh, the Baz Luhrmann film, they called the guns the different families... There's something oh. that guns have a name. That's that's how he made it. I don't know. The guns are made by. Oh, that's gonna drive you mad. Now you have the two business empires with the two families, the Capulets and the um, the, the, the others. Yeah, the others. Thingies. The Montague. Others. Montague. That's the one. Montagues and Capulets. Guns. See, he's he's now googling, googling frantically. I am. I am googling. I, I, we mean he's searching a non-specified internet search database. Binged it. <laughs> That's my favourite part of Warehouse 13, whenever they make any reference to a search engine and she and, and the geeky girl goes, oh, I just bing it. And it's like, you'd never use bing, ever, in your life. Yeah, it just, I don't... I don't think I've ever actually met anyone who has used... I'm not sure why bing exists. To infuriate people. Oh, they're made by a company called Sword, I think. Okay, that's quite clever. So they're that's... guns made by... I, I haven't found them yet, but just sort of vaguely that... what I remember. That's that's quite clever. Or dagger. So they can still refer to them as swords and daggers and points. Yeah. But they yeah. are... That's, that's quite... I like that. Well done, Baz Luhrmann. Well done. He's... I liked his Romeo and Juliet a lot better than his Great Gatsby. I haven't seen Greg That's, that's a completely different tangent. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's not go that direction. Um, would you like to, to read us out? And, and I, I will 
glow and and be happy that I haven't actually had you, to say much about this. You can take over sonnet. in the middle. No, that's fine. I'm fine. I don't need to take over at all. Sonnet seventy, that thou art blamed shall not be thy defect. Oh come on! I at least did the first line. That thou art blamed shall not be thy defect, for slender's mark was ever yet the fair. The ornament of beauty is suspect, a crow that flies in heaven's sweetest air. So thou be good, slender doth but approve thy worth the greater, being wooed of time. For canker vice the sweetest but doth love, and thou presentest a pure unstained prime. Thou hast passed by the ambush of young days, either not assailed or victor being charged. Yet this thy praise cannot be, so thy praise to tie up envy ever more enlarged. If some suspect of ill mask not thy show, then thou alone kingdoms of hearts shouldst owe. I, oh, just, just, part of my brain wants to tell you how evil you are for reading that perfectly, and another part of me wants to praise you. So I, I'm ambivalent about that reading. Just, just slap me and go, well done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was Sonnet 70 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. Uh, I've been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nuffkind, or uh, at inearent is my, my kind of in-ear one. And I've been Jerry Healers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And and we will see you again next time for Sonnet 71. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.